Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. We would love to have have Kelvin back. The sky's the limit. He's only going to get better uh, because of the way he works. You know, when you love something as much as he loves football, you can't help but get better. Stepping up, stepping up, fires it deep downfield, wants Calvin Ridley. Calvin's out there, Calvin's got it, five-yard line, into the end zone, touchdown, Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley for the score. Yeah, Josh will be a jingle. Third and three, Young goes down again, and it's Josh Allen. Boy, they're starting to pin their ears back. You got to take a competitive football team and turn it into a champion. That's that's not easy, but that's our job. You only get so many windows in this league, and and we feel like with the personnel that we have, and we'll continue to add. You know, our window, our windows now. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. The window is officially open on Jaguars Today, at least for the next two hours. Uh, we'll be discussing and debating solutions for your Jags this offseason. What's your story for tomorrow morning, Tony? I'm in at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. For the drill, yes. You're doing 6, six to, to eight, 8 tomorrow. Yes. Uh, you and whom? Uh, me and Lauren. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll be sleeping. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Lauren will go off about 6.30 tomorrow. Yeah, but was... I'm, I'm sure I'll catch you. Well, I might not catch you on the way in. Yeah, probably not. Uh, it, it was funny. Like, just walking down the hallway a couple of days ago, Steve asked me. He was like, hey, are you an early riser? I'm like, oh, no. Not especially. Not really. What's up? <laughs> Can you do Thursday morning? I was like, yeah, you know, it's it's not a big deal. Yeah, I can do that. So, yeah, I'll be doing the show tomorrow morning. It's all good. It's work, man. Yeah. You know, we we don't have it the hardest of anybody in the world. So no. Happy to do it. Uh, all right. Uh, today, take a look at a bunch of Jaguar-related issues. I'm trying to log into something as I speak at the same time. <laughs> I'm not always able to split my remaining brain cells and uh, focus that way. Mm-hmm. Tone, we'll talk Calvin Ridley a good bit today. ESPN put their top 50 wide res- or top fifty free agent ranking they did. out. He came in number 24 on the list. You have to ask how many of those wide receivers are likely to make it to free agency. I, I think you know most people who follow it fairly closely would prefer T. Higgins. Uh, if for no other reason, the age factor. Mm-hmm. You know, get about five years younger with T. Higgins coming in here. You don't know if he's going to make it to free agency. Uh, Cincinnati kind of saying the – the things you'd expect him to – they're not saying he's definitely going to be a Bengal. I'll put it that way. Right. But, you know, they're hopeful to work something out, but they know on the horizon they've got to give a $30-plus million a year deal to Jamar Chase. That's going to be his market value. No doubt. Yeah. That's not the market value of Calvin Ridley. Uh, I would pay T. Higgins significantly more, but we don't know if we'll get that opportunity. And all this, Tony, is predicated on the idea that the Jags – are foolishly not going to get a long-term deal done with Josh Allen. Because I think if they do, I think they would tag Ridley and then try to work something out. But you could tag Ridley and go a lot of different directions at that point in time. You could let him play for that one-year deal. You could explore the free agent market if he hasn't signed the tag. And if you sign a big-time guy, you could rescind the tag. Mm -hmm. Or 
you know, you could work out something yourself that both sides come to an agreement and he's here for the next three to four years. What's your confidence level that Ridley will even be a Jaguar at all in 2024? Uh Maybe on a scale of one to ten, I'd probably put it two and a half to three. Okay, somewhere I, I, in there I'm to thinking me. more like four, like forty yeah. percent to me, because yeah. it's pretty evident the way Trent Balky spoke about him in the end of well, not quite the end of season, but you know the two and a half weeks after end of season press conference that he loves Calvin Ridley. He's all mm-hmm. about ball. He's this. He's that. Which also, you know, is Trent patting himself on the back for identifying a guy who would be a good culture fit. And all that, and I don't think he has been a bad culture fit. No. I mean, the drops and you know running the wrong routes, if that in fact occurred, and we don't know exactly how often that occurred, how often that miscommunication was directly on Calvin Ridley, but I suspect it's at least some of the time that it's directly Calvin Ridley's fault because he was a new piece to the equation, and it seemed to crop up around him. Tom McManus will tell you every time that uh, – you see two guys run a pattern in the same area of the field. It feels like it's Ridley and somebody. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, if you presume that they're going to use a franchise tag on Josh Allen, they're going to have to negotiate something with Calvin Ridley. So today we're asking you the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. What's a fair deal for both sides? Like I'd like to sign Calvin Ridley for 10 million a year. That's yeah. not fair to him, No, but he'd like to sign here. I'm sure for 25 million plus I don't think that's fair to the Jaguars. Yeah, I think it's likely that similar to what happened two off seasons ago when the Jags wound up giving Christian Kirk that deal, four years, $72 million, that by the time free agency opened, Kirk was as good an option as there was on the market, mm-hmm. right? And I think that there is a real likelihood that by the time free agency opens, Calvin Ridley is the apple of the free agency market's eye. Right, I think that there's a real possibility that that's the way that that works out. So I think I would like, and we're going to discuss it as we go through the show today, I would like for them to be able to offer something similar to what they're paying Christian Kirk and that being enough, right? For Calvin Ridley, I think on the market, it's going to be bigger than that. I, I do too, but is that fair? Like, and, and you could say it's what's fair is what the market dictates, right? Yep. But that doesn't mean the Jags have to play at that price level. You figure out what number to. you're comfortable going to. And so what we're that really looking for, right, today, like tell us how many years, how many total dollars yeah. in the deal. If you want to break it down on guaranteed money, not everybody's a capologist or an amateur, you know, capologist out there, but just give us an idea. You know, what are you, whether it's what you're willing to pay them per year, that's fine, but looking more for like the length of the deal and the total amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Spot Track projects him for a little over 17 million I think is his projected market value yeah. um how many wide receivers do you think make 10 million or more a year what's what number would you guess 10 million a year 10 million a year I'd 17 18 30 30 okay I'm actually surprised it's that low because 10 doesn't seem that big anymore right like no. you get so many guys out there making, you know, maybe it's the Kirk deal that kind of skewed it, and we're like, wow, that was a lot of money at the time. But, you know, by the time it played out and the way he played mm-hmm. and the guys that came after him, it actually became a pretty reasonable deal. And there are other worse wide receiver deals out there that you could point to. Sure. There are a handful of guys making $10 million that you're like, how the heck did, man, what an agent to, to get this guy that kind of money. But – there are a lot of really, really productive wide receivers that are making well 
south of 20, 18, 17 million a year. Mm-hmm. So you got to factor in, like you said, will Calvin Ridley be the apple of the free agent class or will there be a Michael Pittman? Will there be T sure. Higgins? Will there be some of these other guys that make it to that point and have other teams bidding on them? And Ridley might be even a fallback at that point for some team, you know, and you can also think of it this way. What would make you uncomfortable maybe to offer up, but then if, Kansas City turned around and gave Calvin Ridley that same deal because Kansas City's going to be in the market for a wide receiver. Yes, they will. Right? I mean, they, they've taken a lot of shots. Rasheed Rice is a good player. He's had a nice rookie season. He hasn't been this dominant breakthrough force. They've invested a lot of shots at the wide receiver position. Maybe you could argue, hey, they got Mahomes. Do they really need to? But mm-hmm. uh, Travis Kelsey's not getting any younger. No. Don't know how many more seasons he's going to play. they got to start to rejuvenate those weapons. How sick would it make you feel to see Calvin Ridley in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform if you lose him, knowing that that's the team you're going to have to reel in again yeah. in the AFC? They're the gold standard. Yeah. And you've got to, if you want to ultimately get to your ultimate goal of winning a championship, you've got to get past Kansas City. And if they take a piece away from you again for the second consecutive offseason, mm-hmm. for instance, does that incentivize you to maybe pay a little bit more to make sure that doesn't happen? I think you'd have to, right? Like I think if Kansas City winds up being the team that you're having to outspend to get Calvin Ridley, and I think you'd have to outspend Kansas City. If they want to be involved in this, I think you'd have to outspend Kansas City. If I'm Calvin Ridley, I, I'm not coming back to Jacksonville. If it's Jacksonville and Kansas City and they both offer the same money, I'm going to the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I – think he would probably would as well. Right. Although, you know, the the whole state income tax thing, the familiarity, I, I'm not there there are reasons there I'm are saying, reasons to stay, but I don't think they're as good as I can go play can go with play Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes and Andy Reid. I hear, you. I hear you, you know, like that's that's too much. They're playing in the Super Bowl two years in a row. If they're offering the same money, I think it makes it pretty easy for Calvin Ridley and the Jags would have to go over the top on that. And maybe they'd be willing to. I don't know. All right. So that's the question today. Uh, Assuming the Jags don't use the franchise tag on Ridley for whatever reason, likely they used it on Josh Allen in this scenario. What size contract do you think would be fair to both sides if the team resigns? And we gave the example of four years, 80 million. That's not anything to set the parameters. That's just what we're looking for. How many years? How many total dollars? That's the kind of response we're looking for on that. So if you want to play along with that, uh, you can hop on social media at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL, Fat Tony, and at 1010XL, Denmark. Hold my pocket. Good morning, Pockets. Good morning. Got your golf pants on today. Yeah. All right. right. It's going to help me, but It's beautiful out there try. today. Yes. Man. High like 67 degrees. I like that. It's sunny. I'll see you on the west side. Yeah. yeah look forward like to your it boy. later on this afternoon. That'll be fun. All right, if you want to get in today on the uh, all-pro roofing phone lines, you can certainly do that at 641-1010. Same number works for the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Or put your comments in the YouTube chat. We uh, check in on those from time to time as well. John Osier will be here at the top of the next hour, but let's talk Calvin Ridley and free agency, which will certainly shape this roster before the draft does. And a lot of these draft questions we ask will be moot by the time the NFL draft rolls around in late April because the Jags will have plugged some holes and maybe they'll have created some new holes by not re-signing guys as well. So uh, we'll focus on Ridley and other free agent-related issues uh, primarily today. So uh, hit us up with your response to today's question of the day, and we're off and rolling. This is Jaguars Today for the next two hours on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. 
Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL. Noticing this morning uh, some of the Pro Bowl alternates being announced, and among them, former Jaguar quarterback Gardner Minshew got the nod, uh, Tony, in the AFC. No mention of Trevor Lawrence. There's some speculation perhaps Lawrence was next on the list, but may have turned it down, you know, because all the injuries he suffered at the end of the year. I don't know what the real requirements are in terms of participate. Like, if you want to go, but you're hurt, you know, do you still get that nod? I would think any person would want that on their resume, mm-hmm. right? When it comes time to negotiate, hey, I'm a two-time Pro Bowl or a three-time Pro Bowl or I'm a whatever-time Pro Bowl or um, this year – Trevor Lawrence completed 65.6% compared to 62.2. Yeah. So better completion percentage than Gardner Minshew. 21 touchdowns to Minshew's 15. He did throw 14 interceptions to Minshew's nine. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, it, it seems to me Trevor Lawrence is more deserving of that alternate spot. And I know a lot of people say, hey, if you don't get voted in, doesn't matter. I think it does matter to these guys. You know, yeah. uh, it certainly can matter for their contracts. and. Uh, I'd rather a Jaguar get a deserved accolade. Like, I, I thought, honestly, when you look at David Njoku's numbers compared to Evan Ingram, he was so much more explosive on a per-catch basis mm-hmm. that I didn't think it was unfair that he got the nod over Evan Ingram despite all the receptions that Ingram sure. had this year. Right? Yeah. There are only two spots. But you knew the likelihood was that Ingram would get an alternate spot, and he deserved that. That's yeah. I, I thought he was one of the top three tight ends along with Travis Kelsey being the other one of the ASC this year. The the way the Pro Bowl has worked has changed drastically since they took it away from Hawaii, right? Like I don't think players that have the opportunity to go to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl say no. You know, we'll just do it, you know, next time maybe if I get in. I think with it being Orlando or they did it the one year when it was in Arizona, right? The side of the Super Bowl, we got to go to the Pro yeah. Bowl that year than when it was out there. It's. I think players are much more likely to say, you know what, no, you know, whether it be injury or I just got something going on that I'd rather do, especially with the way they're doing the Pro Bowl games now. And if you look at the six quarterbacks that are actually going to be in Orlando this week at the Pro Bowl games, only one of them was among the six elected to the Pro Bowl. One of the six was elected to the Pro Bowl. The quarterbacks that were elected – Patrick Mahomes, we know why he's not playing in it. Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford. Like, none of these guys are there. Tua. Tua's the only one that was elected of the six that is actually going to be in so, Orlando. But, all right, but if you're Matt Stafford and you opt to not be there, yes. you're still a pro bowler. You're still a pro bowler. Right. But- so the guys that get in, and they'll still be called pro bowlers this year, right? Jalen Hurts, which makes sense. Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield. That's the other NFC quarterback. Right, but my point is, let's say they went to Baker, and they said, Baker, got a spot for you, and Baker then goes, no, I'm not going to go. He not wasn't pro- one of the three. Then you're not a pro, a pro bowler. bowler. He's not a pro bowler. you got to go to get that pro bowl recognition. Unless you're one of the ones who was got elected. elected yeah. to it. So on the AFC side, Tua is the only one of the six that was elected that's actually going. C.J. Stroud, Gardner Minshew. Right? Like, that's... That's the way that works now. It didn't work that way when they were getting to go to Hawaii. Here's here's what, uh, go back in time before the season, two AFC South quarterbacks will go to the Pro Bowl 
Trevor Lawrence will not be among them. Oh, of course not. He's playing in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason, right? You could imagine. Oh, yeah. two AFC South quarterbacks. What are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, right, Trevor, Anthony Richardson and who? Yeah. Trevor got into the Pro Bowl last year as an alternate, but it felt like he was likely really high on the alternate list, right? Like, that's the way that that process felt to me. When Trevor Lawrence got in, I don't know how far down the list they had to get to get to Gardner Minshew or Baker Mayfield. I don't know how far down the list well, it's of like alternates. Tyler Huntley last right. year. He was a Pro Bowler. Right. You know, like Minshew, that's, Minshew's quarterback rating lower than Trevor Lawrence's. Total QBR is a little bit higher. They're about comparable on that. I just think overall the numbers are better uh, for Lawrence than they are for Minshew. But, yeah. you know, and, and again, we don't know. Did Trevor get approached? About it, Trevor has a starter this year, eight and eight. Minshew seven and six. So really, not much difference there. No. And the Jags swept the Colts. Now, granted, one of those was an Anthony Richardson game. But sure. Nevertheless, um, you know it is what it is. But uh, I'd rather the Jags get the the kudos, much like Evan Ingram did yesterday. Yeah. Evan Ingram's gonna. This is the second Pro Bowl nod of his career. Yep. No matter what you think about, and I get it, and I do think there are there's a little bit more cachet to being voted in. But at the end of the day. You know, yeah. going down to the back of your football car. And with Mercedes Lewis, only the second Jaguars tied in to ever, to ever to make Pro Bowl. it. Right. Yeah. And deservedly so. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like the Jaguar tight end history is littered with these no. great seasons. If he had been voted in, it would have been like, yeah, he had a yeah, season been, deserving I, I, right. of it, that kind of thing. It's not a shock that he didn't get voted in. Najoku, Kelsey, but it, it makes was a sense. two-man race for one spot, right? And he like, was certainly among them. He was deserving of getting in to the Pro Bowl. He had to go in as an alternate, but it's not because it's not Gardner Minshew going to the Pro Bowl to me. Like Evan Ingram going to the Pro Bowl, it's like, yeah, this guy played like a Pro Bowler this year, and there's only so many spots. Gardner Minshew going to the Pro Bowl, it's like, well, they have to take three from the AFC. He's in the Tyler Huntley category, right? Like it's okay. That's that's fine. He gets to put that on his resume. That's on his pro football reference page from now till the end of time. Gardner Minshew, Pro Bowl 2023. Yeah, and good for Gardner. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I'm not rooting against Gardner except for the fact that I'm rooting against the Colts in general. You know, sure. If Gardner goes to Seattle next year, go rip it up, man, as far as I'm concerned. I'm yeah. not a Gardner hater by any stretch of the imagination. All right, let's come back and do this because I mentioned to you there are 30 receivers right now making $10 million or more mm-hmm. a year. And honestly, I thought that number seemed low, even though you you thought it might be maybe half that yeah. making that high. Uh, there's probably let's see, making there are 11, 12, 13 guys making twenty million a year now, and that does not obviously include Christian Kirk, who's just outside that threshold. So let's compare the value of some of these wide receivers to what we think Calvin Ridley will bring to the table over the next three to four years for the Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars because it doesn't really matter at this point what he did in the past other than projecting, using that to project what he's going to do in the future. Uh, you're not signing him to reward him. You're signing him to bring him in here uh, if you do re-sign him to be an integral part of this offense moving forward. Six four one ten ten. if you want to be a part of it. Uh, today's Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day, what kind of contract do you think would be fair in terms of length and total dollars for both sides, if the Jags were to re-sign Calvin Ridley not using the franchise tag this year. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you on Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. I got a few here on the text line want to weigh in on, and then we'll take a look at current, or at least 
maybe not current to this moment, uh, but wide receiver salaries heading into the 2023 season. That's going to be mostly up to date. I can't think of too many who got deals during the year, uh, if any. No, yeah. Right? And But it could change, obviously, because guys could be rolling into the next year of their deal. They may be getting a different salary this year, whatever. But I think it'll be a pretty um, representative list of what wide receivers are getting right now in the National Football League. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. What about Daniil Hunter? Who's going to be a free agent as a target for the Jags here is last year. We're all about, let's get another pass rusher, get another pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Right. I felt like a lot of people felt that with what they did or didn't do that, that was one of the last big issues that was uncertain with this football team, right? Going into the year. And so we talked all offseason. Do they have enough pass rush? Do they have enough? Well, their top two guys were outstanding. Yeah. Right? I mean, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker were really good. I think we're in a – even though Trent Baalke has apparently shown some interest in knocking on Minnesota's door to see if you could acquire Daniel Hunter, I think the circumstances are a little bit different, Tony. Rightly or wrongly, I think they looked at that team as a lot closer to being complete last year. And that Hunter or Clowney or one of these guys – would be a piece to maybe be a luxury that pushes them over the top a little bit. I think there are just too many big holes right now. With the Jags' current projected cap space, even if you release, let's say, four veterans, and we kind of know the guys we've been talking about, guys like Brandon Sheriff, right? maybe Rayshon Jenkins, maybe Zay Jones. Mm -hmm. Everyone you release, you're opening up another hole on your roster, though. And in some cases, like Rayshon, maybe Antonio Johnson's ready to step in and – the combination of Cisco and Johnson and Winger, that's your top three safeties, and you're fine. But that's not the case at every position. And so I just don't know if the Jags this year, even if they create, let's say, $40 million in cap space, have the desire or inclination to spend a massive chunk of that on that position when they got 27 and a half sacks out of the spot this year. Well, it would out of the top 2. Yeah, that 40 million, right? If they created that kind of cap space and you wanted to bring in Hunter, so that's they're basically that's spending that 40 it. million on Allen and Hunter. Right? Like it the Hunter situation right now feels like do you want Allen or do you want Hunter? Well, Allen is 3 years younger. He's coming off a 17 and a half sack season. The Jaguars drafted him. He's the guy that they drafted and developed. Just had this monster season for him. Like, everything lines up for, hey, Josh Allen, that's the spot that Daniil Hunter would play if he came here. Last year, halfway through the season, when you were going to pay him the back half of a year where maybe you were paying 4 to $5 million for half a season of Daniil Hunter, right? When that was the situation you were in for a team that felt like they were chasing the playoffs at that point, okay, you want to make that kind of move in a season like that? Make that kind of move. That would be bold of them to have done, and I think that's why they were having the conversations. And, yeah, it would mean Trayvon Walker plays more inside than he typically plays, but I think the way that Walker played last year in combination with it being an Allen or Hunter decision, I don't see any world right now where the Jaguars re-sign Josh Allen and bring in Daniil Hunter in free agency. It's too much money spent at that position with the success that you had from those two guys last year. It doesn't mean they don't need to still address whoever the third, fourth guy is going to be in that rotation between those two guys, but they're not looking for another guy to take one of those two spots, and that's what Hunter would have been if right. he came. Well, unless, though, now, if you 
do look at Trayvon Walker slightly different. Are you, could you plan on playing him more inside? I could understand. They'd have to. Right. They, yeah. they would have to, right, to, to justify bringing in that guy. Plus, if you do go the franchise tag route with Josh Allen, there does go half of your salary cap or more. Right now, that eats up all your salary cap projected yep. at the moment, and we know there are ways to create more money, and uh, it bears repeating. But ideally, you'd get a long-term deal done where Josh Allen's number in the first year is even lower. And it affords you the ability, whether it's Daniil Hunter or anybody else, to spend more freely on other guys. Just one of the other benefits to getting a deal done yes. with your top free agent, who, by the way, ESPN ranked as the number two free agent in all of football uh, this year. Uh, currently, that's Josh Allen behind only Chris Jones of the Chiefs. Mentioned the Chiefs, how much I would hate to see him go to Kansas City because mm-hmm. – that bar is already incredibly high to jump over. Uh, fan cam on the text line said, hey, uh, it'd be better than him signing with the Texans and Stroud, and he thinks he'll go after him hard. I don't know if they will. If I had Nico Collins and Tank Dell on rookie deals, mm-hmm. um, I think I'd try to re-sign Noah Brown to a reasonable number and go get a vet to replace Robert Woods, and I would not tie up a big number. Is Calvin Ridley, in their eyes, going to be better than Nico Collins and, and an emerging Tank Dell in – 2024 yeah and if so by what margin yeah I I don't I think there are that. like there are teams like Kansas City where the need for it is obvious so obvious right like that's the kind of team I think that there may be more than Kansas City that would be very interested in Calvin Ridley if he winds up hitting free agency sure. uh, but I think it's going to be teams like that that are looking for a guy that could potentially fill that kind of top spot maybe that 2a kind of spot on your depth chart. And Kansas City, with everything else they have going for them right now, that's what they're missing. Offensively, that's what they're missing is somebody like that involved in the offense, and they make all the sense in the world. I'm with you. I don't think Houston would make all that much sense. We've had someone on the text line, too, like mentioned that uh, CBS had an article where they were talking about the guys that just got eliminated from the playoffs and where their potential landing spots in free agency, and uh-huh. they mentioned Mike Evans to Houston. And for the same reason, I'm like, I think Evans makes more sense with Houston than I think Ridley would because Evans does offer something different than what they currently have on there. But I don't expect Houston, even with the money that they have to spend, to be spending it there when they have as reliable options as they currently have on the depth chart at that spot when they could be spending it. You know, I don't know where they're going to choose to spend it. I I wouldn't be surprised if Houston's a big spender in free agency this offseason, but I think it'll be more offensive line. That kind of thing is where I would expect them to spend their money as opposed to wide receiver. I mean, you can't rule it out entirely, no. right? Particularly when you have a lot of cap space and you could front load a deal to, you know, hit yeah. in that cap And Mike window. Evans makes more sense if he hits free agency does to, to me. me. Like, that's a guy, that's a Hall of Famer. Right? Calvin Ridley feels like a, a good football player. Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer. By the way, Mike Evans uh, this year made $16.5 million. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, he was 17th highest paid. Is Calvin Ridley better than Mike Evans? No. Does he deserve to be? You see, that's part of the deal, though, is when do you come up for your contract? I don't think Calvin Ridley deserves to be paid more than Christian Kirk, quite frankly. But the timing sure. of it probably means he'll get more money than Christian Kirk. There are, by my count, 30 guys making 10 or more million dollars. Okay. Just 10, right? That seems like a loan, like you'd do a 10. You'd, you'd gladly pay 
Calvin Ridley $10 million mm -hmm. to have him come back this Absolutely, year. Absolutely, yeah. There's not even, on average, one player per team making that at that position in the entirety of the National Football League. At, thir at $10 million per, Tim Patrick, the Broncos, remember he signed that deal can't stay before the season, right? Yeah. Didn't, I, don't know if he, I don't think he played it down on that deal yet. I think yeah. he signed it last offseason. Michael Thomas of the Saints had a one-year $10 million deal. This, this is the level player we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Brandon Cooks, who's probably worth more than $10 million, but he, he was on a two-year $20 million deal with Dallas. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who catches like three or four big passes a year, it seems like, and that's all he does. Yeah. Had one this week, but yeah. He did. He had a huge one. A game yep. a clincher yep. this week. Not a game winner, but a clincher. Um, had that drop earlier in the season. And, of course, Mahomes, you know, and yeah, the potential interference, whatever. But yep. he signed this one two off seasons ago. Three years, $30 million. Uh, so you're definitely going to get more than that. Tyler Boyd uh, of the Bengals is at four years, $43 million. Again, these were the numbers coming into the 2023 season. Mm -hmm. uh, Calvin Ridley deserves more than Tyler Boyd yeah. to me. He deserves more than Jacoby Myers, uh, who's making $11 million. Three years, 33 Alan Lazard got a four-year, $44 million deal, basically because he's Aaron Rodgers' pet. Yeah. By the way, the, the Jets have less projected salary cap space than the Jaguars do at the current point in time. And you can't get a firm number on this, right? We ask everybody who follows the team and everybody right. yeah. has a different feel. Um, the Jags at spot track are projected for 17 and a half million. Again, that doesn't include whatever you're going to do with Josh Allen. Yep. Right. That's going to be a big cap number. The Jets only have seven and a half million. Every single player that's available in free agency, their fan base thinks they're going to sign. Like, uh, seriously, like, they think they're going to get T. Higgins and Calvin Ridley to go with Garrett Wilson mm -hmm. and, I guess, Alan Lazard's $11 million a year yeah. uh, as, you know, and who knows what they're still going to be paying Randall Cobb because Aaron Rodgers wants him to pay <laughs> Randall Cobb. Uh, but Curtis Samuel makes eleven and a half. Mm -hmm. Michael Gallup makes eleven and a half. Mm. Ridley's more impactful than either one of those guys, okay? Sure. Uh, Corey Davis, my gosh, remember when he signed this deal a few years ago? Is he on the Jets right now? No, I thought they let him go. Right, but he's still getting paid, I guess, yeah. as part of this deal. He had a three-year, $37.5 million deal, at least at some point in the offseason. And this might have been prior to him getting released because uh, I thought they let him go as well. But Corey Davis had, like, one good, decent season with Tennessee and mm -hmm. got that deal in free agency. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> on his pro football reference page. Right. This one got past me. Uh, it indicates on August 23rd of 2023, Corey Davis retired from the NFL. Oh. He was placed on IR the last transaction they retired had before that. from the NFL. Yeah, they had him being placed on IR by the Jets in December of 2021. This list was from August 11th, yeah. so that makes sense, you know, two weeks later. Uh, so anyway, he there's one less guy on the list. DeAndre Hopkins, Tony was a free agent for a good while last year, ended up signing a two-year, $26 million deal with Tennessee. I think the feeling is Calvin Ridley's market's going to be more robust than DeAndre Hopkins is. I would is. expect bigger than that, yeah. I would expect bigger than that, right? Uh, Odell Beckham somehow tricked the Ravens into giving him $15 million. For one. <laughs> I, he really did. Like He's just out there going, I'm back, I'm back, I'm better than ever. Okay, here's $15 million. Like, <laughs> I, what a joke of a deal that was. So, again... There are a lot of guys at this level that I'd pay Calvin Ridley more than immediately. Cortland Sutton. I would pay Calvin Ridley more than Cortland Sutton. Yes. 
I think he's a more dynamic player. Cortland Sutton's had his own injury issues as well. He's getting four years 60. I would take four years 60 right now. I don't think Calvin Ridley would take four years 60. I would, from the Jags' perspective, I would do it because in the end, what that's going to look like is a two-year deal with a couple of years where you can get out, take a one year of a dead cap hit, but it'll be a savings over what you would have been paying him, and then you'll be out of it after year three. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Renfro. Oh, no. Somehow got the Raiders to give him two years, $31.7 million. And then they stopped throwing him the ball. What did he do this year? He, it was, I think he did it like two years ago. He had like the big, yeah. like a lot of receptions. And then they gave him that deal. Let's see. 2021, he was a pro bowler. Okay. 103 catches, 1,038 yards, nine touchdowns. I mean. 2022, 36, 330, and two touchdowns. So I'm guessing he signed it before the 2022 season. Yep. Right? So he had he played on that the last two years. This year, 25, 255. So 100 catches, 1,000 yards, and nine touchdowns got him call it 16 million a year. Yeah. Right? And on a short-term deal. Calvin Ridley had 70 something catches, 1000 yards, meaning more explosive on a per catch basis and eight touchdowns yeah. for the Jags this year. He's going to get north of that deal. Now you get into the real money, guys. Is is he worth more than Mike Evans? No. Right. But Mike Evans is also he signed his deal 5 years ago. Mm-hmm. 5 years 82 and a half million bucks. <laughs> Right, he is Mike Evans was worth every penny of it. Absolutely. Right, uh, he is going to want north of twenty million dollars a year. You would think, yep. anyway. I mean, I, I would suspect Tyler Lockett is on a four-year, sixty-nine million dollar deal, which is nice for him. Uh, Seventeen point mm-hmm. three million, and then you get to Christian Kirk, yeah. who's at four years, seventy-two. Honestly, I think that's where the value should fall. Yep. For Cal- is Calvin Ridley or Chris Godwin, who's the better player? I think it's comparable. Yeah, I think it's comparable. I they both they're so different. They are, but yeah. you know, uh, uh if if I had to choose which one I thought I'd probably lean Calvin. Okay. Godwin's getting 3 years 60. So that's yeah. 20 million per yeah. right there. Deontay Johnson. I think before Oof. it's hard to know, you know, like if you look at some of his numbers at one point you'd be like, "Okay, he's an emerging force at wide receiver." Then the last two years, like two years ago, in 2022, I don't think he scored a single touchdown. And this year, he was just okay. Yeah. And he uh, was making 18.3. Pro Bowler in 2021, there with Pittsburgh, 107 catches, 1161, eight touchdowns that year. 2022, he caught 86 for 882, no touchdowns. Right. And then this year, 51, 717, five touchdowns there in Pittsburgh. It ain't worth $18 million. No. I'll tell you that. I mean, there's a lot of buyer beware on a lot of these deals until you get to the guys who are truly making over $20 million a year. And once you take injury out of the equation with those guys, most of them have been worth it. You know, just looking at the names, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. Cooper Cup's not worth three years $80 million right now. When did they sign that deal? Prior to last year? 2022, I think. I mean... I get it. He's he's a good fit when he's healthy. Yeah. But now he's the number two guy on that team. Yes, he is. He's not worth twenty six point seven million at the current moment in time. But that's what it costs to keep him because he put up big numbers at the right time. AJ Brown's worth it. Stephon Diggs has been worth it. Is he still? Back half of this year was weird. Really weird. Really yeah. bad. Um, DK Metcalf's making twenty four. All right. Okay. 
I, he's a he's a guy you got a game plan for. Debo's making nearly twenty four. Yeah, I see it. Yep. Terry McLaurin, I think there's a guy that a lot of people compare to Ridley, but he's younger, uh, making twenty three point two a year. Yeah, he signed that deal last year. Yeah, yeah. So a- anyway, like I, I think what's going to happen is Calvin Ridley's going to get a number that you look at as a raw number. You're like, does that really match up with the numbers that he puts up? But I think that's it's a case of. When you hit the market and who else hits the market at that point in time. For sure. I got a number in my, honestly, that I think is fair, but I don't think it'll keep Calvin Ridley in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk about that as we get her later into hour number two when John Osier joins us coming up next. So let us know what you think is a fair deal for both sides here. Look, we'd like the Jags to get Calvin Ridley as cheap as possible. I'm not Calvin Ridley's accountant. I don't, I'm not a member of his family. You know, I don't, you know, I hope Calvin, but from his point of view, wants to make all that he can somewhere. There's a number that hopefully makes sense for both sides, because it seems like the Jags read that Trent Baalke are very interested in retaining Calvin Ridley. Yes. Just based on those comments last week. Again, make it simple. I look, bro, I franchise tag Calvin Ridley so fast right now. And then look, if we work something out great, if not, and I got to pay you 22 million, I'm still drafting a guy. Fairly high, mm-hmm. but I can roll out then. Ridley Kirk, high draft pick. Parker Washington, Elijah Cooks, Tim Jones, maybe a, a lower cost. That, that's if you move on from Zay Jones. And I can go to battle with that group. If you lose Zay and Ridley in the same offseason, I mean, you're just creating more holes for yourself. And it's already right now a bit of a need simply because of Ridley's uncertainty. So we'll discuss more in hour two. John Osier coming up from Jaguars.com. If you want to get in, you know the ways to do it. 641-1010 primarily on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines with Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark. I'm Mike Dempsey. This is Jaguars Today, halfway home on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh, no. With Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. All right, hour two is upon us. John Osher is here. I'm here. You're lucky we're late coming out of the break there, John. <laughs> I, I, 11 o'clock difficult for you. Do we need to adjust the, the, the time or the day? Fine. Does it work for you? 1102 is good. 1102 is a better time for you. I understand. How are you? Everything I'm, good? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's. it's uh, Moving along, off season. Yeah. Um, what What's the next big milestone now that Trent Baalke has uh, had his press conference? Um, well, at, at at some point, uh, I'm assuming we'll talk to defensive coordinator and head coach about that move. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, the, uh, the staff's not in place yet, so uh, sometime after that. What, sure what do you make of uh, you know Trent's comments on that front? There was a lot of speculation that this was a front office hire as opposed to coaching staff hire, right? Which right. W- w- he said, nope, let's be clear. I'm paraphrasing here, but he you know, made it very clear that Doug Peterson is in charge of that staff. That's a Doug Peterson hire. Why do you think we're, we get the, this, this scuttlebutt and you know, this speculation that one guy is making the call? When, and I would presume that if, if it didn't go down that way, then the next time we talk to Doug Peterson, we'd find that out. So I, I've got to right. think he's being honest with us. There. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think that if if it wasn't going that way, uh, he he probably would, you know. You could coach speak it a little bit, right? You can coach speak it, but I'm not sure he would he, he would stay around. I mean, it, you know. It, it, You're not sure Doug would stay yeah, around I mean, in it, that it, circumstance, it, right? Not that I'm saying that there was ever that thought, but if the GM was doing that, 
It's like Trent said, the coach owns the staff. Uh, now, from what Trent unless said, the owner says he doesn't. Well, which oh, which I understand in that circumstance, right. then maybe Doug Peterson's like, that's not what I signed up for. Yeah, and uh, that would not really be like Shad to say that to those two. He would let them understand. But I'm just saying out. there are sure. circumstances where we we've seen that. Like I think they say Rand Carthon Tony is going to hire the coaching staff in Tennessee, yep. yeah. if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, w- which is, uh, I guess that's how they're going to do it. I, it seems odd. It does seem but, odd to me, particularly when you've got, like, in, in that case, Callahan's a first-time head coach, and maybe there's a li- – yeah. but Carthon's a second-year GM. Right. It's not like he's got this long history of, of filling teams with great talent. Yeah, it's not like he's uh, nailed a bunch of hires before. But, uh, you no. Know, so, um, why that happens, uh, or uh, why you see reports, I, I I can't speak for why there are reports. Um, uh, I would – Trent was in the meetings. Maybe that got interpreted as him. Do you have an issue with that? Him being in the meeting? Yeah. It's not unusual. I don't, right. I don't think yeah. it's that big a deal. Like people are like, why is he even there? I don't want him anywhere near that. Well, 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 it's sort of the point now with some people with Trent. If he was there, he'd be criticized. If he wasn't there, he'd I, be criticized. That, and that's kind of the point I'm yeah. making. Like, no matter what, like, what, what is he, I don't want him near it. Well, he, if he's not making the decision. Right. I mean, if you think that, that, Doug Peterson should never talk to Trent Baalke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. it's, it's not going to work like that. You've got to have some kind of two-way street on this that, in the end, Trent right. baalke has got the final – Doug's got the coaching staff, Tony. Trent's got yeah. the roster decisions, at least in terms of player acquisition. The cuts may be a different story, uh, maybe more of a collaborative effort. But if Trent goes, we're going to draft player A and Doug wants player B, player A is going to be taken. Right? Yeah, if it ever gets to that, sure. Yeah, right. if it gets to that. And, but in the end, I think it does get to that. We just don't find out. Like, because at, at a certain point, yeah. if you and I can't agree on who the player is to pick, one of us has got to yeah. have the authority to make that but decision. But it's also clearly the product of who knows how many conversations about what we should do in different situations. Sure. Right. And ultimately, one guy gets to make the call right in a given situation but it's not because he hasn't heard anyone else's opinion right. on what should happen and having at some point maybe been swayed right. to some degree based on something he's heard like and if there's violent disagreement they probably weed it out right before it ever gets to a and that works game. both sure. ways though right yeah. like like which Doug gets input he, on who Trent's drafting right and Trinket's which is why it makes all the sense versa. of the world for Balky to be in on the coaching yeah why not well because look I, i've been trying to put together you know, for however effective I've been, this is the personnel we've assembled, right? And what fits, and and to have that discussion. If it's your decision, you need John, to know what that guy wants. You should be confident enough that I can give you my opinion, knowing that it's your call in the end. It doesn't matter what my opinion is. If it, if you disagree with it, you're going to have the courage of your convictions yeah. to do what you want to do and hire the guy. We're both you trying hire. to help each other in this. Um, Ryan Nielsen is a guy they showed interest in right away, mm-hmm. right? I did. I, I do wonder, you know, like I, I feel like they feel they got the guy that they wanted regardless, and maybe that would have been the case. It just seemed like Leslie Frazier's name was getting kicked around in some head coaching uh, rumors, or at mm-hmm. least maybe some interest. So until that settled out, that it didn't look like he's going to get one. Now he's on to getting looks as a defensive coordinator. Right? Do you feel like does that factor in your feeling about the hire at all? That that if they waited, maybe they would have had a few more candidates, or do you think they would have gone Nielsen as their preferred guy anyway? 
they've had a few more. There's always the school of thought. I mean, I'm a big Leslie fan. I worked with him in Indy. I, I think he's I think he's a class guy, great coordinator. I'd I'd love to work with him again. Uh, I don't know Ryan Nielsen. To your point, there's always the issue with when you're hiring a head coach. Okay, well we can wait on Leslie, but we also like Ryan. And if we wait on Ryan, might lose them both. Then you then you lose that. So uh, I think they targeted Ryan Nielsen early. I think they liked what they saw when they played against him uh, last year. It seemed like that was their target, and they said, well, "Look, the target's available now. Let's go get it." Uh, sure, you can wait, but you when you wait, you run the risk of losing the other guy. And if you don't get Leslie, then you lose Ryan. If that was even their target, if you follow me, so. No, I do. Yeah. I I absolutely follow you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm just no trying, I'm trying to split my attention to like three things right now. So, but I did get That's your fair. point. It was it was. Salient. I was a little late. It's fine. Nah, it's it's all good. My my mind's catching up. Let me get Mike on the south side because we've been talking a lot about Calvin Ridley this morning, uh, and we'll continue to do that throughout the hour. Get some of your thoughts on on how they may approach things here, uh, particularly in light of learning that at least for the first two and a half weeks, there's been no communication between the Jags camp and Josh Allen's camp. So that looks like at least for the moment, uh, the franchise tag more likely. Than not. Let's get Mike up here on the south side on Jaguars today. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, fellas. How are you? We're doing well. Good, good. I'll give Trent a break this morning. I know I've been heavy on him lately. Um, for Calvin Ridley, you know, I know there's not a lot of options in free agency. And, you know, he is a hell of an athlete. He's very athletic. Um, but here's kind of my take on it. Um, you know, you got six drops last year. You got 28 drops your whole career. In 17 games, you average 55 yards a catch or 55 yards a game. You only caught about four catches per game. With the injuries, how many of those numbers are inflated? Um, in key moments, you dropped the ball. You ran wrong route. Uh, you disappeared. I think with a Christian. And anybody else we pick up, I mean, we're not going to lose a whole lot. So if we can't get them for around $16 million, I'd be okay with letting them walk. All right. Appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought Mike was going to go lower than that after he made a, a case for uh, all the reasons why uh, Calvin's number should be a little bit depressed. I mean, like, I get it when you look at it in terms of yards per game. 55 doesn't sound like a ton. How many thousand-yard receivers – are there in the National Football League right now? I, I mean, think I, I think he's the seventh or eighth in franchise history. But uh, how many? How many did really we have this year? Right I, I'm sir. I'm just I'm looking it up just to see what the number is because I'm honestly not sure what the the full number is. So uh, I'm scrolling down here. Ridley's 25th in the league in receiving, um, and it was 55. 55 is that 55.9 per game. No, that's his catch percentage, I think, is 55.9. Uh, Mike Evans' catch percentage is 58.1. You know? Right. Uh, so, I would imagine if we look through and I I know Ridley had some drops. I think part of the any contract negotiation with him is trying to project how much of this year was a rust factor. Coming back in, you're right. And how much... Which has to be a little, right? Is there, yeah. You would think, to some degree, even though Calvin Ridley was like, no rust, yeah. no rust. Okay, but you haven't played in two years. It, John, it's more than just the, the physical hasn't had balls hitting his hands for the last couple of years. It's 
the what's the root cause of the miscommunications on offense? Right. What did Ridley not know the plays? Did he get confused on the plays? Is it normal? Was that something to be expected? Was it not all on him? We right. don't know the answers to that. The yeah. Jags should have a better understanding of that. Is it knowing the plays and not quite knowing the read within that play? Uh, the detail that he might have had he been with Trevor for one more year. Um, and, and you're right. You don't know, and there's probably different answers to different incidents. Uh, one thing I keep going back to with Calvin is uh, I get that there were drops. I get that there was a lot that you would have uh, liked to have had him do better. I also get that he had moments where – he was so difficult to cover that he drew interference calls, right. which there were big plays on those. And there were two or three games. I'm not sure they go to London and beat the Bills without his big plays, without his ability to be that difficult to cover. Uh, there were a couple other games where I thought, you know, if, if he's not on this team, I don't know that they win that because he's the guy that could go above the X's and O's. He's the guy who is most difficult to cover for the other team. So uh, I think there is value. I'm not sure they're a 500 team without Ridley. Without knowing um, what the money will yeah. be uh, for Calvin Ridley, ultimately, what what is at this moment? What's your confidence level that he's with the Jags in 2024? I think he will be, uh, and it's not. So you think it's more likely than not that he will be? Yeah, I'm probably 60 40. I'm okay. not, you know, I'm not banging the table. It'll happen. I just think that uh, when you've got a guy like that in the building who has produced who you know is tough to cover and is that kind of talent um I would be fine with the second round pick if you follow me like because I don't know where the money will come down he said 16 million maybe it's there maybe they're comfortable with 18 I don't know uh I I know he's dangerous and I know they've looked for a long time for a guy with that kind of who puts that kind of strain on yeah. defense? You're not going to snap your fingers and replace him easily yeah. in this offseason. That's the plan for doing that is not easy right. to suss out. Unless if it was easy, they it. wouldn't have gone 20 years without finding one. Right, like unless there's somebody that drops in the first round of the draft that you love, you know, at that spot, or you find something day two, day three of the draft. I don't see anything else that's going to be available to you in free agency. Right, that gives you an upgrade on Calvin Ridley when everything is said and done. Uh, but if the number is 21, uh, 22 million, to me, it's can't T, do it. T. Higgins would be an upgrade, but I don't know if he is likely to make it to free agency. Yeah. He, he may, he may not. You know, we we just can't know that. Right. Um, and if you think they're going to be willing to spend on Calvin, woo. oh look, I would, but I would spend a lot more on T. Higgins. I would too. You know, I would, I would. Give him twenty five million. But I a think year. you're going to be in that. You're competing again with Kansas City and these other teams sure that are desperate for that. And I think there are a lot of teams that can afford to pay more than the Jaguars can. Maybe so, and maybe they. But maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't. You know, just because you can afford to doesn't mean that's the way they're going to choose to allocate the resources. And there may be something yeah. to T. Higgins having played with Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. for a little while, while in college, that he would like to rekindle that in a state that doesn't have any state income tax. Again, in an offense where you've got, you know, a, a, a philosophy where we're going to throw it around a lot, a bunch, you know, right. uh, where he could come in and be the true number one guy. Now, granted, that there may be other circumstances like Kansas City where that offer a lot right. of those same things. And once you get free agency, you don't – you don't know. If I told you that the Jags were going to get a deal done with Josh Allen and they didn't need to use the franchise tag, 
uh, what percent chance would you think that would make Ridley a Jaguar this year? 95-plus? Oh, I'd say it definitely happens. Right, right, because they're, they're, they're not going to – if, they, they, if they had the tag available to them, I think they may actually prefer to tag him and then use that as a way to negotiate like a three- After or four-year deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that would – if they got Josh done, I would be stunned if they didn't use the tag on Ridley, but I don't know that, but I would think they would. All right, let's take a break here. If you want to get in on the All-Pro Roofing phone line, 641-1010, hit us up on social media today and let us know what kind of contract you'd be comfortable with. What do you think is fair? Not just what you'd be comfortable with. I'd be comfortable three years, $10. Okay, sure. I'm very comfortable paying that. Uh, that wouldn't be I'm fair for Calvin whatever. Ridley. It's not my money. And, right, well, that's <laughs> true as well. Right. But in terms of wanting the Jacks to put together the best roster possible, I'm not comfortable giving him anything he wants, right? Because I want right. to make sure that they can be as competitive as they can be. So what is fair for both sides? What's a number and a length of deal that you think uh, would be fair for both sides? Hit us up. Let us know. That's your Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day with John Osher in studio here with us. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Oh, no. With Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. Hi, this is on uh, Twitter. Just curious, why would we not tag Calvin Ridley or sign him after the start of the new season or the new league year? Meaning, uh, we'd be giving away our second rounder when we could tag him, keep our second rounder, and extend Josh Allen first, make it make sense. We're not in charge. Right. We don't get to just go out, oh, sign Josh Allen to a long-term extension. First of all, even if the Jags had been calling him every day, that doesn't mean they're going to see eye-to-eye with what Josh Allen's camp's going to want. Nope. Right. Right? I mean, Josh Allen's camp may go make us the highest-paid guy because we know by this time next year three or four other guys are going to pass us. So we want to make more than Nick Bosa. And if I'm the Jags, I'm like, well, you haven't produced as well as Nick Bosa, I'm not sure. going to pay you that. So, and they're 100 percent going to make want to make more than Brian Burns, right? Like, yes. like the, there are situations even in free agency this offseason where his camp may be saying, "I want to see what happens Let with X, Y, and Z yeah. before we even talk about whatever's going to happen with a contract for John." Unless you're coming in making the offer to put him with Bosa. Right, I think if that's the kind of offer you were going to make, that, that it would be easy mm-hmm. to settle this. I don't get the sense that that's exactly what the Jaguars are going to do in this situation. So from Allen's side, I can understand him saying, you know what, we want to see what's going to happen with some of the deals that are about to get done, and then we can talk more about it. Yeah, and- I thought all along it was beneficial to Allen to not sign already, as much as it was the Jaguars. In, in and that may be years. the case, but the, the, to me there's still no logical – good reason why Trent Baalke at some point in two and a half weeks didn't pick yeah. up the phone and just let them tell you say, that. look, Hey man, yeah. you know what? We may be far apart. I don't even know where you're at right now. I just want to let you know that it's a priority to get done. And you, I, we don't know what they're saying prior to the end of season meeting, but sure. you know, saw that report at pro football talk that Allen's camp wasn't happy that he's talking about him without talking to him. Right. And that, that John, those are the kind of unforced errors that he, look, I get it. They may, be at loggerheads in terms of what they feel the value is for a Josh Allen extension. And for the people that say pay him whatever, you don't mean that. Because, what <laughs> you know, all right, right, I want $40 million a year. Well, that's ridiculous. Well, okay, but then, then don't say pay him whatever he wants, right? Because then he can just name any number. It's So it's not open-ended. Right. You've got a limit. Right, you've got right. a limit as well. And if you were Trent Baalke, you would have a limit on what that would be. 
And if you didn't, then you don't belong in the job. That doesn't, to me, excuse not just having that dialogue right. started. My guess is that uh, I would hope that that uh, issue is easily resolved in the first phone call. Yeah, yeah I would hope. Could, so you never know. know. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes these relationships go sour, and then you go into uh, and I don't, I can't sure. speak for Josh Allen's right. camp. I don't know how they're going to feel about it, but. Sometimes I can imagine you go in there going, all right, well, this guy disrespected me, using the yeah. air quotes. Right? I'm not saying he was disrespected or not. I'm just saying that could be his point of view. Whatever their final offer is, that. we right. got a, an extra million or two coming our way per year. You right. know, just don't know. Um, and, and look, if by the deadline to apply the tag, they get a deal done with Josh Allen, then who cares? Yeah, right. Quite frankly, right? It's kind of like if you like that Doug Peterson's the coach, I'm not upset that it took him a month to get there because I thought they uh, yeah. ended up with a good candidate last year. Right. You know, and and if that's what it takes, I mean, there are teams out there right now, like Miami, may end up with Leslie Frazier. Is that a bad hire? And I get it. They were in the postseason longer. They're around longer than the Jags, but only by a week, you know, right. and it took them a little while to get their guy in. There are other te- There's still speculation. Other teams may fire their head coach now and make a run at Belichick. I don't think that's likely to happen, um, but right. You know, who knows? In this league, you never know this time of year. And so, so, you know, when when people say, hey, why wouldn't you make it make sense? We understand what, what the benefits are to getting a deal done with Josh Allen. I'm sure the Jags understand what the benefits are. Yeah, the scenario that that guy laid out is perfectly logical. Right. It's just not guaranteed to get to you it. can't just snap your fingers and say deal is done with Josh Allen. But right. at, to be extremely fair, and we're trying to be fair every time we bring this up because you hear, you tune in right now, and you hear one thing, and you don't hear the disclaimer. Why aren't you talking about? Why aren't you saying this side of it, right? But in, in you can't just snap your fingers and get the deal done. But if they could get a deal done with Josh Allen, I'm sure, like you said, they'll apply the franchise tag to Calvin Ridley. But we know you can't get a deal done unless you're negotiating, right? So that's gotta happen. You got, what five weeks? And it's again, time to do it, but it's it, time right, to do it. it. it that's, and that's the thing, too. Like, what have you been doing for all this? Like, how? why does it? this always deadlines make deals? And, and until you get to the deadline, like, we know it's an artificial – everything's artificial, right. man. Just, you know, you know what you want. We know what you want. Are we really going to let this play out? And then you have to ask, what is the benefit to maybe having that available? Well, is it worth paying Josh Allen a couple million more than you're comfortable with to have that franchise tag yeah. so you don't get locked into a multi-year deal with Ridley that yeah. you might regret after one like, year? The benefit is all on the team's side. Like, like You just mentioned, John, like you've thought the whole process that it makes more sense for Josh to wait and see how things are going to fall. Like it For the team to still have the tag available to potentially use on Ridley, that's to their advantage. Right, So that's part of the disappointment with, well, why hasn't this begun already? We know they expressed interest. With one of them, they said he's going to be here next year. With the other guy, they said we want him basically back here next year. Well, you got one tag, right? And why haven't you been doing the work that could prevent you from having to use the tag on one so that you could use it on the other and keep both without having to test free agency for either one of these guys. But they haven't put in that work apparently yet. Hopefully they have in the last week right. since there, we heard from them. There's it. time to get it done. Mm-hmm. But and but even if there's time to get it, 
I even think it's not unreasonable to think, hey, you know, sometimes you got to apply the tag because different camps, Josh Allen's camp maybe dug in and go, we know right. at the very least you're going to pay us this and that. And so unless we're getting this percent over, and by the way, you franchise tag us, see you on August 30th or mm-hmm. whatever, right? And that's well within my rights. I'll sign that the, the day before the season starts. I'll get every penny of it because you're not going to dare rescind it because I'll go sign somewhere else right. with some other team. So you're not going to rescind it. But somebody asked me this morning, you know, and again, putting aside our feelings about, hey, we'd like to have this done, put your feelings aside about Trent Baalke. Let's say it's just GMX. It's a new guy. It's Adrian Wilson, right? Everyone loved that idea a couple of years ago. So whoever it is, right? And they go, you know what? We can franchise tag Josh Allen for $22 million, and then next year he gets like a 40% bump, whatever, and basically over two years we're paying him $50 million, which That's is good. we're going to pay him probably – considerably more than that on average. Now, maybe not in terms of salary cap hit, but in total value. Cash, right. Cash, he's going to get a lot more than that. Is it the worst idea in the world to have him under a franchise tag for two years, basically a two-year $50 million deal? That's a bargain when you look at what Montez Sweat and Rashawn right. Gary signed for. They both signed for about 24 to $25 million right. last year. So that would be a two-year $25 million deal as opposed to a four-year $25 million deal. So you don't have the extra years of team control, but and if you think you can get it done, if you think you can get a deal done with Ridley, and, and maybe right, if it's or, important to you, or maybe you maybe just think not. that in in the big picture, like again, we don't know what Allen's going to ask for. Maybe it's going to be very reasonable. Like I would, Tony and I talked about it based on where Bosa is, based on where these other guys are. I think like twenty eight million something in that range is very reasonable. So if I hear the Jags coming in the low twenties, then yeah, I'm going to say they're being a little bit cheap about it. Uh, but if Josh Allen's expectations are way above that, then he may be a little right. bit unrealistic because, again, as good as he's been, and I, I understand the market forces work, how many other pass rushers yeah. are available, all that works in his favor, but the Jags are going, or at least if they're negotiating hard, they're going, look, man, you put up these numbers this year, but that's better than you did the last three years prior. Yeah. How do we know Right, we're not going to get those three years? For and there has three. to be an element of that in the negotiation. Right. So. And, and the so, tag number is what the tag number is because of the things we've talked about, where there's the gap between Bosa and everybody else right now. There's no middle ground right now in these contracts. Like, it really does drop from 32 to 25. Right. It just drops, which is why well, the franchise— Watt, Doesn't Watt get, like, 30? I thought Watt was He may be too. in that kind of range. But it's there's this there's not a whole lot of guys that are in that 25 to 30 range, right? Like, there may be two. Right. And so the franchise tag number comes down. Because there is no middle ground there for those guys. So, yeah, the franchise tag on Josh Allen is less expensive than the market dictates it should be. Right. As insane as it sounds, that $25 million is less expensive. It is. It is. All right. So, um, just one more before we hit the break here. This is on uh, creating cap space on Zay Jones on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Why is Zay Jones being considered a cap casualty? First of all, when we mention his name, we're just – Mentioning him as a potential possibility, cap, right? right. It, it's, it, I think he won't be, but I th- well, I don't know. Right. I mean, we just looked at thirty receivers are making ten million or more in the entire league, right? Zay, his cap number is over eleven million dollars mm-hmm. this year. So you know, whereas last year it was half that, and it would have cost eleven. It would have cost more to get rid of him. This is the first time in his contract where. 
you save oh, money by letting him sure. go. Yeah. Right? I mean, you could save about $5 million bucks by letting him go that you might be able to allocate somewhere else. He is a good player. Is he worth $11 million of your right. cap space? And That's they the question think, they have to answer. And, and do they think that the injuries this year were a one-year deal? Right. Or, or is it an age deal? I yeah. mean, he, wa- he wasn't worth what they paid him last year, I don't think. He's going to make more this time around. Right. And again, I'm not he outperformed it the first year. So I'm not sure. saying like he stole from the Jags. Guys right. get hurt, you know, but th- that in the end you ended up paying a guy who wasn't nearly right. as effective I thought as he was his first season. Right, you have to make the judgment is he at the age, you know, often players don't get healthier as they get older. Is he at that age, or is he, or is this a one-year deal? Right, is it a one-off kind that's, of situation? That's uh, that's a decision for doctors and, and the team to come to. All right, let's come that. back and uh, give you uh, some project, what we think might be fair on a Ridley deal, and which, by the way, just because we think it's fair doesn't mean it's going to be anywhere near where it ends up for Calvin Ridley because, again, market forces come into play, and if he's the last one standing of a – handful of wide receivers and a bunch of guys get the franchise tag or get extensions with their current teams, he may be the most attractive guy out there, and that drives the price up. So what do you think is fair on both sides? We'll look at some of your responses to that when we come back and give you our numbers as well. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Nobody knows the Jags like Johnny O. Oh knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. All right, we'll go through uh, some of your offers or numbers that you're comfortable with from both sides. Uh, offers that you think would be fair for both Calvin Ridley and the Jags. Uh, this one from Comrade Duval. Uh, let him walk, acquire a compensatory pick. Maybe. If that's assuming you're going to sit on your hands and not sign any free agents of your own. Yeah, because if you let him walk, who are you replacing yeah. him with? And, and where are you allocating that money to that you would have right. spent on Ridley? And, and if you're creating this other cap space, I mean. Right, it's not like everybody who walks out the door, they you mail you a compensatory pick. It's a formula. Right. There, so, there are 30, is it 30 or 32 of them they give 32, out? Right. 32 picks. Right, they are, I, they're probably going to get two this year because they signed nobody last year. Correct, and if, you'll, they'll get a third rounder because the size of Juwan Taylor's contract expected, and then Arden Key expected to bring a sixth. Right. So, like, and you say get a compensatory pick. I think everyone thinks, oh, it's another third-round pick, another third-round right. pick. Well, he may sign a deal that's commensurate of getting a third-round pick right. if you don't sign anyone yourself. But then you go sign a, sign a guard. Whoever, a guard that's the same contract, you're, you're not getting anything. All right, go sign Ezra Cleveland to uh, half that deal and sign another guy to half that deal. It's right. like the total combined money you spend. Yeah. The expectation well, Ezra is— Ezra wouldn't count to where yeah. that, he's on their team. Yeah, but the, but the expectation of yeah. how active the Jags need to be in this period of free agency, I wouldn't be worrying about the compensatory pick they might get for Calvin Ridley. Uh, I wouldn't either. Um, so even if he's an unrestricted free agent, he wouldn't count to that formula? Like if you get to the new league year and he hasn't re-signed with you and you sign I don't sign think him? so because they would have also lost him. So I did. I, but they wouldn't – would they have lost him, though? Because nobody else signed him. You only lose him if somebody signs yeah, him. Yeah, I'm not – I don't think – I don't think that would factor in, but it's – I Like, like – I, if, I see. If he hits free agency and then you re-sign him, does it for instance, count if, against? If, I don't think so. If uh, Juwan Taylor retired, you lost him, but you wouldn't get a compensatory pick, right? You're getting it based right. on the fact he signed a $20 million a year deal. Right. That that was his value to another team. If anyway, it, yeah, we're, we're, I don't we're getting in the weeds here. Anyway. 
Um, if you sign somebody else. It's not this simple. A guy leaves, you get a compensatory pick. Nope. Right. I would be a little surprised if any compensatory pick they got for 2025 based on expectations for 2024 free agency. I, I'd i be surprised if it's Maybe we'll get another seventh round or get another Derek Parrish oh. type. That'd be good. Yeah. Keep chasing that fullback, baby. Or is he a defensive lineman? I can't remember yeah, now. Can't remember exactly. But What's, do they have anyone else that's becoming a free agent that's going to even qualify? And it, like, is Ridley the only one, right, that could even affect their formula as far as getting a pick in this offseason compared to whatever they're going to spend to offset all that? Like, I would, I would go into this offseason. Right, unless Josh Allen left, then that's right, not going to happen. My right. expectation going into next year's draft is the Jags don't have a compensatory pick. Or seven, yeah, right. Or very low. All right, let's go uh, quickly around the rest of the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Detroit offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has informed teams that he will be remaining with the Lions for next season. Johnson had already interviewed for the head coaching jobs with Seattle and Washington, which remain as the only two open jobs still in this coaching cycle. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are expected to hire former Atlanta Falcons head coach Arthur Smith to be their next offensive coordinator. All right. Thank you, Tony. Uh, Let's get to today's Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. We'll look at some of your uh, responses here in a moment, but let's give you hours first with a 10, 10 take. 10, 10, 10, 10, take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10, 10 take brought to you by Leonard truck accessories. All right. I, I started out with this thinking about 15 million a year, just based on where the contracts were for receivers heading into the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think Calvin Ridley showed us he's a top 15 guy in the league. He had like the 25th most yards. Now some of the tight ends are in that mix as well, uh, but I guess nobody had more than he did yardage-wise. No tight end, I don't think, had more yardage uh, than Calvin Ridley did. But regardless, I, I also understand that market forces are going to drive that number up a little bit. What I ultimately settled on that again, I don't know if this gets it done or anything close to getting it done. And I saw somebody else had this exact same uh, projection. I do three years, and so I started at forty-five, right, with fifteen million a year. And I thought, let's round it up to fifty. I thought, all right, we're at that. Let's just make it eighteen a year, right? That puts him basically what Christian Kirk is making. And knowing that he's signing this deal a couple of years after Kirk got his, like if Kirk were signing now with the Jags, I think he's worth the same or more. Right. Uh, I, I think he's worth more than Calvin Ridley is to this offense. Th- that doesn't mean sometimes the next guy makes more than the guy who's more valuable. That's just the way it works. But I settled on three years, 54 million, 18 million a year. I didn't in my head, get it down into how much of that is guaranteed, Sure, you know, and all that. But I, I think an $18 million a year average is fair for both sides in this. There's risk. To some degree, I think there's more risk on the Jags side because we've only seen Ridley play one season in the last three years than there would be for Calvin. I know he's looking to get paid. It's not the Jags' purpose to have him make up for the years that he missed, though. That's not their no. fault, you know. So uh, where are you at, Tony? What what number do you think would be fair? I, again, I don't think three years, 54, necessarily get it done. No, but I think it's I'm, fair. I'm trying to think through where would I be willing to go to, right, in the negotiations, and I think – I'd be willing to go up to twenty million a year, but I'd only want to do it for two years. Okay, right, like two so, for forty. So I'd be comfortable in that two for forty range, and that may or may not be enough to match whatever 
anyone would be willing to give him in free agency, but I'd be willing to go to that. Let me ask: number. two for forty, fully guaranteed. Okay, I'm just asking. Yeah, you know, or or would you maybe a three year deal with a dummy year in there to Absolutely. lower the cap figure, but he's still getting forty guaranteed over the first two years. Absolutely, basically. yeah. You I'd think that's reasonable, John? Yeah, I mean, based on I like your thought with getting him to Christian's level, but knowing that if Christian was signing now, he'd be worth more because of market force. Right. So I think that makes sense. I think both parties could probably live with that. Now that Christian would be involved with it. But, you know, you want to keep the locker room happy as well. I I think that would probably do it. I think there is – all it takes is one team to drive a player's market value up. But I would think that overall Calvin's value because of the history would not necessarily – I think there would be some teams that might be wary of that just because of the of the history. So it might take a little bit of the market out. Uh, That's fair. And and the fact that he had some drops, he you know, he did not show himself to be a quote true one. So I think your your area makes sense and I think uh I think Calvin would be warm to that. Uh, I don't know the details. I don't know what his camp thinks you're going to get. Right. But I think I think given the choice and if it's going to be close, I think Calvin would like to be here. I, I do think, though, like if you're a team like Kansas City, what what are you striving for? Just your, your, your window is this instant, right? There's no looking down the road at all if you're KC, to me, right? I, and like – Yeah, but are they are they really that desperate, though? They're in the Super Bowl. Well, they're in the Super Bowl. They, they, yeah. Right. We're in the Super Bowl, and they went and spent $20 million on the most yeah. penalized right tackle in football. No, no I know. So, I, they, I'm you just, know, were they desperate then? I yeah. don't know. I I, uh, I don't view it as yeah. desperate. I view it as a team that, it's how despite they the fact that they're in the Super Bowl, they do have an obvious weakness at wide receiver on the roster, right? right. So, And what are we saving it for if you're right. the Chiefs? They can afford to go for it. Right. Right? Like, they can afford to take whatever kind of gamble you want to take on these kind of guys. So... Yeah, I would expect them to be heavy in on the free agent market with a guy like Calvin Ridley, assuming he hits free agent. I think a lot of people are in that 17 yeah. to 18 range on some of the responses I've seen, which is uh, encouraging. And then, you know, so you got to understand that. If he gets the free agency and somebody is out there, and if you think it's here and somebody steps up and says, we'll give you 22 a year, we'll give you 70 over three years. All right, he's gone. He's gone. Right. And then, you know, if but if if you think it's – Unreasonable to give him more, right? Then you can't be mad right. if, and that's a certain where, guy whose initials are Trent Balky, right? And that's where the give him oh, that would be transfer. That's where the Kirk conversation really comes in. I I expect Arizona had a number in their mind. This is what we're willing to pay to get him back. Jacksonville came in and said, "We'll give him seventeen a year." They're like, "Can't do that." Right. right? And Kirk's like, deal ended up being a really good one. Right. Everyone went nuts about it. He's now what the fifteenth, sixteenth highest paid wide receiver on average annual value. That took two years. For that to go from top, it took a week for it to go from top to third, right? But it took two years for it to go from top to 15th, 16th on that list, which is why Calvin, I get Kirk's getting 17. I think the Calvin thing, if you're going to play serious ball form, I think it has to be in that 1920. You always have to overpay. Yeah. Uh, Probably so, particularly if some of those other guys get taken off the market. All right, let's say hello to XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. 
All right, uh, Mia O'Brien is here. Hello, Mia. How Hello. are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, we're all right. Uh, let's let's presume that the franchise tag Josh Josh Allen, yes. right? And uh, you can't have that for Calvin Ridley. What, what do you think is a fair range, or you know, with considering the free agent market to be at wide receiver, the Jags need his mm-hmm. age, everything. Not what he'd want, not what the Jags want. What's a fair number? Do you? Think? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, because I think. Based off, you know, we can't dismiss the fact that he did have a thousand yards this year. How he got there, maybe that's up for question. But he wasn't a thousand yard receiver in his first year back after a year and a half off. So that's where I think he's going to command at least a three year deal on the open market. If the cap, or excuse me, the cap, if the tag number is what, 18.3 or 19 million for a wide receiver, I would think he's going to command. 14 to 16 a year? Gosh, I'd sign him for that so quick. Yeah. Right. I, I, I just, I, I, you look at some of the guys making that though, and you're like, how did Hunter Renfro get this deal? Like, I mean, there, there are some real, like, I, I look at that. If I'm Calvin Ridley, I'm looking at some of the names on there. I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh. I'm way worth way more than Alan Lazard. I'm worth way more than Hunter Renfro. I'm worth way more than a lot of guys on there. And I agree with like I boy if I could sign him for fifteen million a year I give him a five year deal and then you give him more year. guaranteed money up front which that's what I'm very curious to see this off season knowing last year because Evan Ingram wanted to return because Arden Key wanted to return Jawan Taylor expressed interest in returning before he got the bag the big talk around this town was well Shad Khan can give you money up front and then at least in the case of Arden Key perhaps that guaranteed money wasn't as much as they thought it would be up front to lower the cap number to ensure they could keep the band together. Yeah, and so I think the, the, the Arden Key thing's a little different, too, because he had a chance to get a starting role, which right. he was never going to get yeah. here. Correct. You know, Ridley would be, obviously, a starter here. There, there's so many factors. And the numbers haven't it. been announced yet, but it looks like it's going to be between 20 and 22. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's what I thought, like 21. Tag. I wasn't yeah. So then he's probably sure. looking more at that yeah. 17 to 19 yeah. range, I would think. I, I'll tell you this. I've had a lot of friends up at the Jets camp asking about Calvin Ridley, uh, uh, which I J- find yeah. funny given the deal they gave the to Jets Alan Lazard. The Jets have half the cap space of the Jags. They think they're going to sign T. Higgins and Calvin Ridley. Okay, yes. at least they're fan Just base because Sauce Gardner does. tweeted it. Just right. because Sauce Gardner, I mean, they, right? Exactly. Oh, we're gonna get this. We're gonna get that. And who knows? You know, look. If there's are they a friends team, with Aaron Rodgers? That's a big well, question. But that's the thing because they have Aaron Rodgers, and the window is one to two years max. That they are more incentivized to go out on a ledge in terms of restructures and and really try to push all their chips in and to hell with it if it blows up in two years. The Jags are looking at it like oh, two years from now we're gonna be paying Trevor Lawrence fifty plus million dollars a year it's just a different circumstance you know if you're way if you go all in like the rams did and you win it phenomenal you go all in and you come up short damn it we're still looking at 99 i mean speaking of la we were talking about it on helmets and heels last night you know taylor doll gave us a list of teams that had playoff aspirations and fell short of those the chargers have to be the most disappointing not just because Justin Herbert's window is open and this, that, and we the other. We broke the Chargers. They totally put so them. much. They push so much money to the middle of the table, and they're not going to be able to pay those guys. I don't care that Jim Harbaugh is their coach, that they have Joe Ortiz, the GM. They're going to have to say goodbye to Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, and some variety. Yeah, I don't know if it's all going to happen this year. Oh, um, you think they're still going to be? I don't. I don't know. I'm not as familiar with the cap situation, but I don't think it's sustainable more than this. Than, no, I. I, I don't but think I, I think year. they can do some restructures and and keep some of those guys around. Particularly when Harbaugh talked about basically Keenan Allen, Derwin James being two of the the oh, right after Herbert were yeah, the first the two pillars. guys he mentioned as being like the the core 
pieces of that team. Mike Williams, another right. story. Can't stay healthy, but you look at his deal. Like, would you give Calvin Ridley three years 60? That may be what it comes to. That may end up being cheaper than what he signs for right now, you know? And Mike Williams has been a good player, but he, he's hurt all the damn time, you know? And you're, you're looking at, like, oh, Calvin did stay healthy. That's and- one thing about Calvin. Yeah. Is not nothing. He was on the field every. The every other week. thing, though, John, is he's never had that second contract, right? And I can't. I'm not going to begrudge a guy. Like he's he played on his fifth year deal of his rookie contract this year. Right. His fifth year option. He's never had that big second year or second right. contract payday. He's turning thirty in like a month. or Right. Two. Like Evan Ingram had already had a second contract with the Jags, and then. Got the franchise tag and got basically his right. third deal. You know, Ridley's still looking for his second. This is his one probably one chance to get that life setting you up money. And who wouldn't want to? Or does have he that? bet on himself? Like that's the other question. I is, don't think so. Does he say I'll take a two-year deal with the Jags? See, you see Leonard Floyd. What he said in the last couple of days. He goes, "Hey, look, I'd love to be back. Who's going to pay me the most Where's money? The that's money? where I'm going." Yeah, he right. said exactly. He's flat out. He goes, "Whoever Good. pays me the most is where I'm going." I wouldn't begrudge Calvin Ridley. Doing the exact same thing. How can we begrudge anybody doing that, right? Yep. This wasn't the first job any of us has had, right? Mm-hmm. We eventually left somewhere and right. came to work here. In so yep. there you go. All right, uh, Mia, have a great show. Thank you, Brandon Merriweather at twelve forty. Part of Leon's Legends. We have a absolutely loaded lineup of them coming in the next few days. Wonderful. Cool. Appreciate it. That's good uh, fun little conversation right there. Yeah. Uh, what do you got cooking over at Jaguars.com, John? I uh, be doing some Senior Bowl coverage this week. Uh, Ross, Josh, and uh, Evan. So look for stories on Jaguars.com this weekend. Three Pro Bowlers, baby. Three Pro Bowlers. Yes. What do you make of Minshew getting in over Lawrence? Do you think Lawrence got the nod and turned it down? Uh, Some guys do, but you usually hear about it. Yeah. I think Trevor, uh, the last five weeks of the season, uh, the way he played, and I attribute that more to injuries, but I think he was, you know, he was on MVP charts before that Cincinnati. Now, I, I hear you, but so, I, I still think, you, you got to look at the body of work. No matter what our expectations were, I think his body of work is stronger than Minshew's. Yeah. if you put them side by side for the season. Yeah, so. I don't, I don't know. Trevor, I know rookie year. Uh, there was talk that he might get that nod, even his rookie year, because uh-huh. uh, quarterbacks always fall off so fast. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I heard from somebody that he was like, "Look, I'm not going to go the pro like." No matter what happens, I'm not going. I didn't. I didn't have that. Want to make year. sure I feel like kidding. I earned it. Yeah. yeah. So it, it would not surprise me if he did that this year, but I don't know that. All right, uh, that'll do it for us today. Uh, thanks, to John Osier for Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark. We'll be back again tomorrow from ten to noon. Stick around though for the next three hours for XL Prime Time coming your way. This has been Jaguars today. Keep it right here on 1010 XL and 92.5 FM.